Sloth Uni! Football season is officially back. We still have to wait till Sunday for the rest of the games, but we've at least got the ball rolling. The game yesterday was a bit underwhelming as most of us were expecting a shootout, and we got a blowout instead. The Bills are sadly already in midseason form, and there's major red flags in LA. We've got so much to go over, so let me stop talking and let's get straight into this. Starting off with the Buffalo Bills defense who just signed Von Miller this offseason. I was unsure how he would play into their defense, especially at his old age, but he had two sacks on the night and had constant pressure. He clearly hasn't lost a step, and I was very skeptical about the contract that he signed for them because it was a very long contract, especially for his age. But if he continues this level of play, it'll have been a great deal for them. The rest of their D-line was extremely dominant as well. No running back on the Rams had more than 3.6 yards per carry, and they had less than 60 total yards on the ground. The defense had seven total sacks on the day, and they had constant pressure on the quarterback. Matthew Stafford had little to no time in the pocket, and the Rams didn't really do much to try to combat it. And when they did, people were missing their assignments. The secondary was a bit up and down, but they're missing Trey White. Cooper Cup had an amazing day with 13 receptions for 128 yards and a touchdown, but the next highest was 39. They did have two interceptions with four total turnovers, though. With the way that defense played last night, when Trey White returns in October and November, they could make another run into statistical number one defense again. Moving on to their offense. Josh Allen continued to dominate with 290 yards, three touchdowns, and two picks, and 50 yards on the ground, and one touchdown on the ground. One of the interceptions wasn't even really his fault because the wide receiver let the ball get out of his hands and the linebacker just took it away from him. It was a dot though. The Bills had no problem moving the ball up and down the field at will as their first punt was in the fourth quarter. I was curious as to how this offense would look with the loss of Brian Dable, but Ken Dorsey has done an amazing job and they've had zero regression. He had 31 fantasy points last night and it honestly could have been higher had a few more things gone their way last night. Stephon Diggs showed he's still one of the most dominant wide receivers in the league, totaling 8 receptions for 122 yards and a touchdown. He had 26 points in a full PPR league, and his connection with Josh Allen seems to be back after being a little bit off last year compared to their first year together. We saw last year there was a little bit of a misconnection between him and Allen on a lot of deep and mid shots, but they seem to be clicking on all cylinders all throughout the game last night. Stephon Diggs absolutely roasted Jalen Ramsey and anyone else who was on him for that matter. He's continued his reign of being virtually unguardable. And his good performance turned into a great one when him and Josh Allen showcased their deep ball connection with the late touchdown in the game against Jalen Ramsey. Gabe Davis last night proved that his playoff run was 100% not a fluke. If you were all in on the Gabe Davis train, it's showing immediate dividends. He's a de facto number two and he's clearly the best deep threat on this team. He's going to have a ton of huge games this year. And he could really bite into Diggs' targets some weeks when he just takes over games. He had 4 for 88 in a touchdown, totaling 18.8 full PPR points. If you were interested in him and were waiting until the season started to see what he would do, you probably are late for the hype train, I'm not even going to lie. The person who drafted him already had interest, and after last night's showing, this price will have gone up. If you weren't already in on the hype train, it's definitely too late to come on now. I also wouldn't really recommend trading for players right after a huge game because their price will have gone up astronomically from what it was before. So if you're going to try to trade for Gabe Davis, try to do it after he has a bad game, which 
may never come with the way he's been playing, honestly. <laughs> now for the saddest news of this entire segment. It was the Devin Singletary and Zach Moss show last night as James Cook found himself in the doghouse. Devin Singletary got the start and he had 8 carries for 48 yards and seemed to have more of a 50-50 split with Zach Moss who played the role of the pass catcher and goal line back who had 6 carries for 15 yards. Devin Singletary was easily the most impressive of the two but Zach Moss looked very great as well especially in a pass catching role. Both of them dominated the snaps and James Cook rarely even got on the field. When he did get on the field and got a chance, he fumbled. And at that moment, I knew he was likely not going to be in the game again. He got one more snap, but it was on a QB read option, and Josh Allen read it, and he took the ball for himself, and we never saw James Cook ever again. I had hopes that he would slowly take over the backfield, but with that fumble on the first carry, it's not looking like it's going to happen anytime in the near, near, near future. This reminds me of the Ramondre Stevenson situation a bit, where he had a very great preseason, and he fumbled in his first game, and we kind of saw that he got phased out of the offense a bit until they trusted him a bit more, and then he got worked back in, which I think we'll see a bit more of with James Cook, as the Bills seemed like they wanted to get him involved at least a little bit just to get his feet wet, and he kind of disappointed and got sent immediately to the doghouse. I wouldn't be surprised if they did give him another chance in his second game, but I doubt he'd have over three, four carries. Unless he really, really, really just impresses. Because Zach Moss and Devin Singletary look like they are being very productive with the limited touches they have since the Bills continue to be allergic to running the football as Josh Allen was their leading rusher in attempts and yards and touchdowns, which is ridiculous. Jamison Crowder and Isaiah McKenzie are split in the number three role. And it looks like it could very well have some value this year, but it may not be to the extent that it was in previous years. Outside of Isaiah McKenzie's touchdown, neither of them did really too much fantasy-wise, which is partly because eight receptions went to running backs. And there will be big games for them to come, but it'll be more of a Russian roulette between the two, as you'll never know who will get the big game until it happens. And the last thing about the Bills offense that kind of surprised me, but didn't really shock me too much, was Dawson Knox being almost completely irrelevant. I was low on him to start the season because he was already very touchdown dependent, but it looks like he will not return on draft value just to start the season. He is a huge trade-away target for me, and if there's anyone interested, I will sell. You may have to wait a week or two for a stock to rise, but it may already be too late then if he starts stacking up stinkers after stinkers. If you have Dawson Knox, I would definitely be searching the waiver wire or other teams' benches to try to find a low-level tight end that you could just ground up some points from. And Dawson Knox will very well have his games as well, but he will not be the week-to-week dependent starter that people will have at least got a monocle of points from. I was already low on him in the offseason, and then they cited OJ Howard, and I was even lower on him, and I was staying away from him in all drafts, but then they dropped OJ Howard, and I was like, okay, maybe this is because Dawson Knox is looking good, and maybe they want to give him a bigger role, but you know, he just continued to get a single target, and yeah. <laughs> but considering how high he went in some drafts, there will definitely be people who are interested in Dawson Knox. The price tag went down just a bit, but considering he's attached to such a high-level quarterback in Josh Allen, there will be people out there, especially some tight end thirsty teams, who will be willing to take the risk. So after this week, I would go shop him around. Don't do it just right after this game, because it's a little fishy. Like, if he just had a bad game, and you're like, alright, I've seen enough, time to ship him out, 
the person you're trying to sell to is going to be red flag, red flag, red flag, red alert. What is going on here? If this guy doesn't believe in him, why should I believe in him? So I would wait a little bit after, like, just wait until the week is over. And then, you know, just, just pull out some feelers, see any if any of the tight independent teams are like, you know what? I'll take a risk on Dawson Knox. Just test out the market after this week is over, though. The Rams defense had an up and down day. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Gabriel Davis had a huge day, but their defense created three turnovers. Jalen Ramsey did not look good at all, and Von Miller is very clearly missed. Their D-line was pretty good, but Von Miller was a very dominant factor on there, and he's very clearly missed because he's created so many more opportunities for everyone on the D-line. Yes, it's week one, but their defense wasn't as stout as you would think they have been. Bobby Wagner was a great addition, and he looks amazing still. He's a dominant force in the run, and he made plays all night. Aaron Donald is still very dominant. There's not much to talk about there. He's, he's arguably the best defense player in the league and showed it last night. The real problem with this defense was, on third downs, they just could not get off the field. The Bills converted third down after third down after third down after third down. And like we said before, the fourth quarter was the first time the Bills offense punted. You're not going to win very many football games if you're not getting the defense off the field in third downs. There was only one conversion where they got them off the field in third down, and it was because the wide receiver let the ball slip out of his hands on a pick. It, it, it was a dot, too. Like <laughs> It's crazy because it likely would have resulted in a first down had that not happened. So they really needed to tighten up. I get it's week one, but still, you can't just get bodied like that. I get it's Josh Allen, but tighten up. We'll look to see if there's improvements in week two, but if they continue to struggle like this, the Rams offense could very well have to put up quite a lot more points than they already have been, which would be crazy for Cooper Cup. Speaking of the Rams offense, they have many questions to be answered after this week one, and you'd think that after week one that you'd have a lot more answers about how this offense would look, but with all the news about Matthew Stafford's elbow injury, he, he really just looked off to me. I know that their offensive line was just getting bodied, and he didn't have a whole... No, he had a, he had a pretty bad game. He had, he had 240 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions. Only had seven fantasy points. If you started Matthew Stafford, you're pissed off at him right now. They didn't take very many deep shots, with very, which really surprised me. The O-line had trouble, I get it, but they had no max protects, which is a red flag because... Yes, the O-line had trouble blocking, but you can scrounge up a few max protects here or there and take a deep shot down the field. When they did take deep shots, Matthew Stafford's connection with Cooper Cup and whoever else he was throwing deep, it just didn't look there. Something was very clearly up. He didn't trust his arm on some throws, and he struggled with injuries in the past, and every year since 2019, he's gotten injured. He's played through every single injury, and 2019 was the only year he missed time, and he missed the back half of the season. So he has a history of playing through injuries that very much trouble him. And I think this could be more of a problem that they're letting on. I'll continue to monitor the injury and I'll give Matthew Stafford the benefit of the doubt that he was playing one of the best defenses in the league. And it was week one, but they just looked very bad. Outside of Cooper Cup, the entire offense just looked discombobulated. Speaking of Cooper Cup as well, he continues to show that he is more than likely the best wide receiver in the league. 
he's already coming for the triple crown again and he had 13 receptions for 128 yards and a touchdown totaling 31 fantasy points in full PPR league anybody that doubted that he can't repeat the season that he just had he put all that to rest yes this could all just be week one hype but considering we saw him do this literally just last year I think he's just picking up where he left off and he's just gonna have an incredible season again Maybe not to the extent that he had last year, but he could very well go over that. I think he'll be around the ballpark, though, for the second time in a row. He was very clearly the only bright spot on O and was giving this Rams offense the only signs of life that they could scrumble up. Next up, we got the most two curious things that happened in this game. Cam Akers is apparently a magician because he was just putting on a disappearing act. It was just the Daryl Henderson show. Daryl Henderson continued to be the workhorse. And I mean, if you took a shot on Daryl Henderson late in the draft, you are rejoicing right now. Because everybody who took a shot on Daryl Henderson, it was based on that he had the opportunity to be at least part of a really good running back committee. Or if anything happened to Cam Akers, or if Cam Akers was 100%, he could very well have the role that he had last year. And it's looking like he's going to have the role that he had last year. I'm not too sure what's going on with Cam Akers yet, but considering he's on the field, I'm going to assume he's healthy. He just may not look and may not feel the same way he was pre-injury. Daryl Henderson had 13 carries for 47 yards and five receptions for 26 yards. So he didn't have the most productive day, but he still got very clearly most of the work. And when Cam Akers was on the field, he had three carries. He didn't do much. He had literally zero yards. I don't think he even got past the line of scrimmage at all. He looked horrible. Every time he was on the field, it was just, what are you doing? The Achilles injury may have taken another victim. I had hoped that since he was so young and he was explosive and very talented before the injury, that maybe he could just maybe recover and go back to being the same guy, if even being very close to it. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen. And even if it does, the Rams are very much clearly intent on including Daryl Henderson in this offense and getting him very involved. I'm going to continue to monitor this and see if the trend continues or if they'll split a bit more, but I would hold on to both of them for now. If you own Daryl Henderson, I'm not selling him for anything higher than what his value last year would have been. And if you're a Cam Akers owner, I am so sorry that you drafted this guy. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't sell him. I wouldn't sell him right now. I would just wait and see. But I would be cautiously pessimistic. I was very, very, very low on him during the draft. And I switched up sides a little bit towards the end because there were signs that last year they were giving him the ball a bit more. He came back super early from the injury. He had an entire offseason to get ready. And it just doesn't look good for his stock right about now. He's looking to be the biggest bust of the draft so far. And if you need a cheap running back, I would definitely be buying Daryl Henderson instead of Cam Akers. Again, Daryl Henderson didn't have the craziest of games. So the Daryl Henderson owner may or may not be aware of the situation that's going on to the fullest extent. So I would just go put out feelers. Again, I wouldn't wait until the end of the week. You wouldn't have to do that. He didn't have a crazy game, so it's not like his stock is just like skyrocketed. But he did lead the backfield in carries. He did lead the backfield in touches. 
I'm pretty, I'm more than certain he led the backfield in snaps because Cam Akers was invisible yesterday, along with another Rams player that we're about to go over. We got some magicians over in LA. Sheesh. But if you're in need of a running back, Daryl Henderson would be one of the best, cheapest options that you could get in week one because I think he'll have a very good season similar to what he had last year and you can get him at a very cheap price right now. I would 100% not wait until next week because I'll check again, but I'm pretty sure they play the Atlanta Falcons. And if you wait until after week two, his price will have skyrocketed. They're going to absolutely smash the Falcons. And after that, Daryl Henderson will have taken off unless they give Cam Akers some carries. We'll continue to monitor it, but I'm I'm fully buying Daryl Henderson right now. Anywhere I can get him. If you need a running back, Daryl Henderson is the guy to go. Last up today, we have what very well may be the most ridiculous thing that I saw last night in that game. Yes, it was very wild that Cam Akers got like three carries, zero yards. He didn't do anything. Yes, it was very heartbreaking for me that James Cook just squandered away his opportunities and he's in the doghouse for who knows how long. Breaks my heart. I love the talent, but like they got some talented running backs over there. I like him better than them, but he's, he's got a long road ahead. Allen Robinson was another magician last night because I don't know if Matthew Stafford just couldn't see him on the field. I don't know if he didn't trust him. I don't know if he wasn't getting open enough, but his last season on the Bears wasn't very good. And that was one of the things that kind of swayed me away from him. And I hope it's not a sign to come because I was off of, he's another person I was off of during the season. And towards the start of the season, I was kind of hopping back on the train a little bit because Allen Robinson at his peak was very talented. But his last year on the Bears, he, he, he was not very good. And I mean, he's clearly lost a step, but I don't think he's lost a step to this extent. He only received one target last night. And it's, it's extremely alarming if you own Allen Robinson and you may get a lot of trade offers for him for just like garbage, but I would say don't pull the trigger on any of those. Don't panic. Yes, it's alarming. He got open quite a few times last night and Matthew Stafford just clearly missed him, but it's very alarming that their rookie wide receiver and Tyler Higby got a lot more targets than him, like a lot more targets than him. We did see this, I will say, early on last season with Robert Woods. He started off extremely slow. People were like, oh my gosh, Cooper Cup is going to just be the fate, the heart and soul of this offense. Robert Woods is going to be trash. Like Cooper Cup is going to take any and every target. And Robert Woods is just, he's, he's, he's a bozo now. He belongs in the waivers. And then as the season went on, Robert Woods, it kind of, Cooper Cup still went crazy, but Robert Woods, he got worked into things. He, he stepped it up. The targets came eventually. And I think that's what will happen with Allen Robinson. I'm not too sure how good of a season he'll have, considering he, he's very clearly lost a step. I'm not going to lie. I knew he wasn't going to be the same Allen Robinson that he was, but this is it, it doesn't look good for him. I will say, though, I would be interested in trading for Allen Robinson. 
I would test the waters in your league to see if you can get them for dirt cheap. And I mean, unless Matthew Stafford takes a step back, there, there's going to be better days because Matthew Stafford is going to get yards. He's going to get touchdowns. And somebody other than Cooper Cup has to catch these balls. Tyler Higby is not going to have a thousand yards. Not saying Allen Robinson is going to have a thousand yards, but the number two wide receiver for this team has had a lot of production in the past, and I don't think it's just going to disappear immediately. Yes, the elbow injury is very alarming. Allen Robinson's week one was less than spectacular. I had him as one of my starts of the week. I thought he would get off, hit the ground running. But again, this reminds me of last year when Robert Woods was just shitting it up in week one. And everybody was running around like their house was on fire, like Robert Woods. I drafted this guy over Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is clearly taking over. Him and Matthew Stafford have a connection. And I feel like it was just a combination of the Bills' pressure was just overwhelming. The Rams really didn't do much to combat it. And Matthew Stafford was just looking for all-reliable because once, he, once the pressure got to him, they weren't even sending blitzes. They were getting pressure with their front four. Like, once the pressure got to him, he was like, okay, where is Cooper Cup? So I think once the season progresses, once things get a bit into rhythm, Allen Robinson will come back into form a bit more. So I'll say, don't give up on him just yet. Don't trade him just yet. But if you are looking for a wide receiver, he would be one to target. And with that, we're all wrapped up for this class. Check out our Twitter for the rest of the starts of the week and some more betting picks for this Sunday. Don't, don't get don't get dissuaded because we had Allen Robinson as a start of the week. <laughs> Nobody shoots 100% of their shots. The rest of those picks, just, just take a look. Take a look. Allen Robinson disappointed us, but the rest of these picks will show why they're starts of the week. Hopefully. But as always, if you enjoyed, leave a like, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to check out our Twitter at Sloth University and our TikTok using the same handle for some extracurricular activities. Most importantly, stay safe and spread love. Class dismissed. At any given time, there are around 1,500 aliens on the planet. Most of them right here in Manhattan. And most of them are decent enough. They're just trying to make a living. Cab drivers. Well, not as many as you'd think. Humans, for the most part, don't have a clue. They don't want one or need one either. They're happy. They think they have a good bead on things. Well, why, why the big secret? People are smart. They can handle it. If a person is smart, people are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. 1,500 years ago, everybody knew the Earth was the center of the universe. 500 years ago, everybody knew the Earth was flat. And 15 minutes ago, you knew that people were alone on this planet. Imagine what you know.